Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's an Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Uh, I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Sam Carroll and Adam Jones. And uh, without much further ado, there's only one place to start, and that was Finch Farm this morning around 9.30. Sam Allardyce uh, addressed the media, and the standout line, of course, was that he says he has now had clarity from Farhad Mashiri after a meeting on Thursday in London over his future and plans for next season, giving off the distinct impression that he will still be in charge. Um, Sam, we'll start with you. It's obviously caused a bit of a ripple, to say the least, amongst Evertonians today, Sam's words and Sam's confidence about his future. Um, first of all, what, what did you make of, 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 of what Sam said? I think it was a strange one, because obviously we were all watching it, and it kind of got off to a slow start in the press conference. I think obviously with the report that came out over the past few weeks about him going for that meeting with Machini in London. You know, everyone was kind of expecting that to kind of uh, come out early on and obviously it was just kind of slipped into the middle and I think we're Evertonians recently there's almost been like an apathy of let's just get through these final few games, let's just stick it out, you know, there's no way this could possibly happen. But the more Sam speaks and the more Sam kind of talks about it, he does genuinely seem to, to, to be confident about being in charge, I think it was a really strange moment and something that not a lot of people have expected. And now, even that the news has came out, I think a lot of people are struggling to deal with. Is it? Isn't it true? And I think that that's going to continue to rumble on, isn't it? But it, it, to be a fly on that wall, to be a fly on the wall in that meeting yesterday, would be very interesting. If Machidi has promised that ahead of next season already. Adam, how would you? How would you think you best to sum up? the uh, reaction if you like to, to Evertonians when Sam you know, was giving that press conference and anybody who's watching it live or following following mm. our blog how do you think would it have been shock stunned would it have been what do you think it would have been a lot of surprise maybe yeah I think it, I think it was extremely mixed to be honest like obviously I was monitoring social media quite closely during, during the entire press conference and obviously, obviously there were many shocked responses to, as to what he was saying and that that's probably to be expected but there was still there was still some who still don't particularly believe that he's been fully forthright. Like they, they wanted a bit more from him if the if he was actually going to be staying on as manager. And you know, looking back at the quotes, yeah, maybe these do seem a, a tiny bit vague, but it it it's still very obvious that he is confident that he's going to be here next season. Like he's been given the clarity, but I think. It was interesting just reading your piece a little earlier before we came into the podcast that the fans haven't really still been given the clarity from the club. What do you think that is, Sam? Do you think it is because Sam wasn't 100% clear in that he didn't actually say, I have been told 100% I will be manager of Everton Football Club next season? Do you think it's it's that and, and therefore fans, some fans have, have said, well, well, it's not that clear? Or is it because, you know, a majority of supporters just don't want to see Sam Allardyce in charge next season? 
I think it's got it's got to be a little bit of both, hasn't it? I think obviously there was that moment where there wasn't quite, you know, he was saying it, but wasn't wasn't really saying it because then obviously he was asked for clarification and again just kind of confirmed he'd been given clarity but hadn't been didn't elaborate on what that clarity exactly said. But yeah, I think it is just that people are. I think some Evertonians are living the worst nightmare in some in some cases at the moment, aren't they? I don't think many fans at all expected them to to still be in next season. I think at the very best of times, I think people accept that he'd done what he was brought brought in to do, which was steer the club as far away from relegation as possible, which has pretty much been achieved and, and still kind of been a little bit disappointing as well that we haven't been a little bit more expansive and, and, and really challenged a a poor Premier League table outside the top six, you know, there's no way Burnley should be that far ahead of us. But yeah, I think it's 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 definitely a little bit of, a little bit of both and I think, you know, maybe in a way Sam hasn't done himself any favours either because I think it's just gonna continue to rumble on and rumble on until someone comes out and says hundred percent yes or hundred percent no. I was gonna say Adam, is that what this needs now? Because as much as Sam is speaking as if he's got clarity, actually the situation for many supporters doesn't appear to be that clear. So mm. You still need the football club to offer a definitive statement, definitive resolution to this pro pro Sam keeping him or no, sorry, we're going to move. Well, yeah, I, I'd I'd say so. I think the the fan base as a whole seems a bit broken at the minute. To be honest, there's a lot of there's a lot of factions arguing with each other over like many different aspects of the club. Obviously. There's so many things that need to be sorted over the summer, not just the manager. We've got so many of the playing squad that might be changed. You know, we might be having a new director of football, a new chief executive. Like, there's so many issues to sort out in the summer. There's so much up in the air that if if the club do know definitively whether the manager is going to be staying the same or not, then I think the fans have every right to know because it's it's just it's just going to make the, these last few games of the season worse, like, especially if performances don't particularly pick up like I know we got a good result against Newcastle but, but the performance still wasn't up to standard for a lot of Everton fans so if those performances don't pick up and we still not got clarity over the manager it's just it's just going to cause more and more unrest at, at Goodison Park and you know that that last home game of the season against Southampton good well turned toxic Sam is, is the counter to to that and, and, and I think the majority of fans if not all fans would, would welcome the club to say something but is the, is the flip side to that you know the, the football club has employed a manager he's got an 18 month contract he's only 6 months into it why, why, why should they comment yeah I suppose that from the club's point of view is could, could potentially be the, the, the trump card that you know no other teams with managers who've got a contract are coming out and confirming their their futures but I think that's where it's all kind of gone so wrong isn't it that from you know some of the results that we've had, as Adam said, some of the performances we've had, even when we've won games, from the fan survey to to this today. I think things just continuously, you know, even maybe Allardyce's attitude himself sometimes towards maybe some aspects of the club and the fans and the people who work for the club. You know, nothing's really helped his situation. I don't think I don't remember a time. You know, even when the results weren't particularly going well under Unsworth, every press conference you were like, well, he's spoken well and. You know, you could genuinely see that he, he cared about the club, and at the moment, you just don't see that Allardyce is helping himself at, at all in in the things that he's saying. And then on top of that, the club aren't helping themselves in the things that they're doing. And obviously, the the fan survey was kind of like the, the the pinnacle of all of that. So, as Adam said, a lot of things from the fan base to the club seem broken. And and I think 
the only way this can get sorted is it is if someone comes out and says, no, we're looking for a new manager in the summer, let's get on with it, or yeah, he's definitely here, accept it, he's got a contract, there's nothing not you can do about it. And until that happens, I just think that it's going to carry on and I think that it could get to possibly the end of the Martinez era levels and, and even worse if a, f- a few results go against us in these final three winnable matches. Well, just think, I just think now that now that the, the that meeting is out in the open, like we know that he's had a meeting with, with Mashiri, I don't, I don't see why the context of that meeting shouldn't be shared with the fans now. Cause if, of course, and, and, and people reading between the lines today have been, well, has he actually been back to 100% you know that's, well, that's, 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 that's where some of the confusion comes in isn't it well that's it like, but, but if it is the case that he has been given 100% back in the day, I just don't see what would be holding the club back from trying to share that do you think say we got to that point and the club did come out and, and say look Sam Allardyce has got another 12 months left on his contract and he will remain Everton football manager uh, next season do you think the majority of those fans that are currently against for want of a better phrase Sam would or how many of those those fans would would accept it and go? You know what? We have to get behind him. Or do you still do you still believe that they, we wouldn't actually see a particular shift in the in the sentiment, even if the club went look, we're drawing a line under the sand. He is still the manager. I mean, I, th- I think there will be, there will be a few who would who would maybe cross that divide and they'll just say, well, listen, right, we've got we, we've got we've got to get through what what is going to be one of the biggest summer transfer windows that the club's ever had. Like we've got, we've just got to get through this. We've got to back the manager, whatever. But I think there's, there's been a, a certain section of Everton fans who haven't liked Sam Allardyce's appointment from the start, and it's only got worse up to this point. And I think if you if you go and announce that Sam Allardyce is going to be managing next season, I think there will be, I, I, I think you'll see more banners in the Gladys Street, like as we saw at the Newcastle game. I think we might we might even see. Louder protests against them. I, th- I think it's just he started off on a bad, bad footing, and as Sam was saying, a lot of the things that he's done since he's been Everton manager haven't exactly endeared him to the fans in any like in any particular way that maybe David Lunsworth did, maybe like many managers have done in the past. So I think I think yeah, there will there will be some who were, who would say like, look, listen, we we just need to draw a line under this, but. I still think the majority of those who are against Sam Allardyce now, if if he was manager next season, I don't think their their views are just going to change point blank. So Sam, do you sorry mate, do you think are you fearful therefore that tomorrow at Huddersfield, if if it isn't going right, we hope it is, and we hope we're playing well and and and, and winning the game of football. But if it isn't going right, as you know, it wasn't particularly going well at Swansea. Would you be fearful that we may hear that chance again? And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> say that chance. Yeah, I, th- I think definitely, and it's it's been coming. I think that the strange situation that we're in at the moment is obviously I think a lot of people kind of went to the Newcastle game at Goodison on Monday night, kind of expecting Everton to maybe not do so well, for the banners to come out, for the boos to start. You know, maybe. A, few, a protest here or there, some some of those chants even then, kind of coming into coming into play at Goodison, and there was that kind of strange moment at the end where, or uh, some fans maybe you'd gone with that mindset of of that possibly happening. You, you can't boo off a team, you can't boo off an Everton team, or you can't boo the manager when you've just watched an Everton team, you know, genuinely play with some passion and desire and it wasn't the greatest football any of us have ever seen but they had a go didn't yeah. they and 
they all done the jobs properly. So I think that's just you've seen at Stoke. I think that was a couple of weeks after the Burnley game, wasn't it? Where I'd say those chants were at the height. And when Tosin scored, you know the fans for, for that couple of seconds or those few minutes, you forget who the manager is, don't you? I mean, when you see Tosin stooping to score that diving header, and the and the bodies were just falling down the rows to celebrate, and it, it, it kind of leaves leaves you in the lurch a little bit to say that tomorrow could absolutely go either way. I think if if they win and they get a good result, then all all those Evertonians who, you know, some of the best fans in in the league who, who've travelled down there, there's no way they're not going to give those Everton players a good send-off but like that you know Huddersfield you've got something to play for Everton can't really finish lower than 10th and can't finish higher than where they are you have the potential for a game that could really go against you and my worry would be you know that even though I can't see it happening if Huddersfield really got the tails up and really got stuck into Everton and really gave the, gave them a beating kind of thing I think it would it would really really tip and then that's when it starts forcing people into decisions like what you've seen with Martin is that even though he was a nice guy and, and kind of understood the club and, and whatnot got to that point where it was that toxic it, it, it had to be ended didn't it for, for the good of everyone and I think especially with this next game and the game at Goodison yeah, the, the last home game of the season it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of reaction the, the manager gets I think the, the, the point is like those those kind of that kind of bad performance like that you'd describing against Huddersfield I think those kind of bad performances have all came away from home yeah like the the home games like the United United game the City game you could maybe expect to be beaten in those kind of games but there's ne- there hasn't been a like particularly demoralised and heavy defeat at home under Sam Allardyce and I think maybe he's, he's got lucky in that respect like all, all, the, all of his big Really disappointing performances, you know. Spurs, Arsenal. It's all it's all been away from home. So when you just look at the home atmosphere, and you see you see it just being so flat against Newcastle. That's about as bad as it gets. Like there's 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 been nothing really at home to really get angry about. I think, and I think that that's may that's maybe where Allardyce gets. Like I think a lot of people have been annoyed by Allardyce saying it's only the minority of fans who want him out well because he, he only ever hears these kind of chants in away games because that's when yeah. that's when we're playing at our worst at home the worst he has it is it it's a bit quiet like yeah. he, he's, he's never heard those kinds of chants at home and that's probably why what's fueling his opinion and, think, and of course it, as, as Sam referencing the Martinez thing obviously it was it was a Southampton game wasn't it when they had the protests come on the pitch and there was a, was a sit-in after the Bournemouth game sit-in yeah Bournemouth yeah. yeah sorry Sam carry on I think that's where obviously and it's not just Allardyce. I think you know you both know yourselves. Maybe from the from the end of the the Martinez year, I think maybe Cumin pulled it back a little bit towards the end of last season when we were on that on that good run. But I think, as you said there, you know, obviously you weren't saying Everton should ever expect to get beat at home. But it has more over the last few years. I remember growing up, you almost went to United, City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal at home. And you were absolutely—you couldn't believe it if we didn't win because we always had that thing in us to pull off. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't even sit here and talk about the amount of times we beat teams like that under Moyes, and, and even you know we had three 0 against United, Martinez, and, and other really good results like that. But I think over the last couple of seasons, and, and Allardyce's biggest failure is he doesn't really make you dream, does he? He just kind of makes you. Oh, we got beat three-one by City, but it, it is City, and I think that is where his biggest 
failures came with Everton is that the, the fans are never going to take it to someone who's happy to accept a 1-0 against Newcastle if it means sacrificing that 3-1 against Manchester City or drawing 0-0 against what was effectively Liverpool's reserves when everyone's seen for the last 10 minutes that if you'd have took the game to them for the whole game you probably had the best chance of beating them since we rolled them over with Andy Johnson you know you could have really really damaged them and really beat them and I think that's where the struggles come from and as Adam's saying then that kind of goes into the away games and when you haven't got that home crowd behind you I, can, I mean you, you two were there that Swansea team isn't a good Swansea team is it and, and, and the way we the way we struggled against them and made them look like you know, I think if you'd never, if you hadn't watched a game of football this season, you'd probably say Swansea must be eighth, ninth, and, and Everton are really slugging it out down there. But he plays the football in percentages, and I, I think you two would be very surprised if he's got down there tomorrow and seen an expansive Everton team, wouldn't you? <laughs> Adam, do we think that a manager can can carry on at a football club when he doesn't have? the backing of the supporters or do you think a football club as a board and a, and, a, and a major shareholder have to make decisions above that emotion and above that lack of connection and go well actually we still think he's the right man to engineer results or do you think it is actually really important facet that there's a connection I think it's massively important I think the club is the supporters at the end of the day the board members come and go managers come and go the supporters are the ones who are going to stay there throughout their whole lives and I think the supporters should have a massive say on the direction of the club who's going to be in charge of the club and I think but like as I said before the problem with Sam Allardyce was that he had a, a large faction of the Everton fans against them from the start so he, he had, he's had a tough time trying to win yes. any any of them over I think he maybe he maybe did with some over the first portion of his reign when we were I mean he's done, the, he's done the job he came in to, to, well, to that's you it. know hired for really isn't he yeah that, and that, and that's that's where the problem lies for me like the job that he was hired for was to get us further away as far away from relegation yes. as possible yeah. if if he stays as manager for next season Everton will need to clarify that that's not the job remit anymore yeah. because we can't be starting a season saying all oh, right, we've got Sam Allardyce let's in get to, to get us. Let's get to fourteen and see where and see exactly. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the club absolutely need to clarify. Look, we think Allardyce is the right man to take us forward into Europe, into maybe winning a trophy next season. I think that's that that should be the aim for Everton next season, regardless of who's in charge. And if the club think Allardyce is the right man to do that, fine. If you think he's not the right man to do it, and they want to get someone else in, fine. I think it's the those kind of values that the club need to push rather than anything else I think the the question about supporters and, and whether the manager can continue is whether it's kind of obvious or now when you look back and you say oh that was it a manager always kind of has that game where when you look back you go that was it he, he couldn't carry on from that and I think when you look back obviously Martin as West Ham when we had the man sent yeah, off yeah, and I think yeah. everyone there just kind of although he got a few more months out of it it was there was no coming back from that game. Yeah. Cummins was a little bit more obvious that you couldn't go on from that Arsenal one just because we'd had a few beatings and that was the chance there to say, all right, bad start, let's take it to it again, a not great Arsenal team, and you lose 5-2 at Goodson. And even going further back than that, I think uh, after we lost the FA Cup semi-final to Liverpool, it was kind of 
obviously Moyes would if he would have wanted to would have carried on at Everton probably for as long as he would have wanted to but there was that acceptance then when he did say he was leaving he was never going to take us past this kind of glass ceiling that he'd almost built mm-hmm. himself and then as Adam said then to add on to that I think the, the biggest problem with Allardyce is that his moment like that came almost when he walked through the doors of Finch Farm I just don't think there was ever going to be that widespread acceptance to give him, give him a chance and has, there, has there been a game where you felt that, that, that he's had that moment though has there been a game where you've, you've kind of got a, you know I think a lot of fans will have totally 100% lost faith in him now weirdly the, the one I had was when we were still unbeaten I think it was the sixth game of his of his reign in charge and we went to Bournemouth who at that time were the worst team in the league and I think we're close to we're close to the bottom <clears throat> and I remember getting like you know being really excited for this match you know we, we were back we'd We'd won a few games and, and we were starting to maybe see the side. You know, I had that thought in the back of my head to say, you know, everyone was really against this and he's came in and we're doing all right. This is his chance to say, all right, well, this is why I got the England job. This is why I've said in the past I should be able to manage Real Madrid and, and stuff like that. So, And we go to Bournemouth and and, and sat back and, you know, it, it was coming at, on the back of that West Brom game. Sorry, that was the sixth one, that was the draw. And then we go to Bournemouth and we've done the exact same thing. and. It was, as Adam said, realising that no matter what, this this is how he does it. He, mm. he he attempts to get the points from the games that he can. And we've seen it time and time again since then, where he's been happy taking taking the pointer and, and running off between with our tails between our legs. And you know, Everton haven't had the most successful twenty odd years or whatever. But that that'll still never be Everton, and that'll still never sit right with Everton. And I think. As Adam said, I think it would just be pure torture to so many Evertonians to, to start a Premier League season afresh looking for that 40-point mark because that hasn't been Everton since probably the first couple of seasons into David Moyes' reign and, and, and that isn't what Evertonians know at the moment and, and it's a genuinely, you know, Mashidi isn't at every game and stuff but he's got football and people and Evertonians like like Ken Wright around him and it would be absolutely shocking to me if, if, if Mashidi wasn't aware of the feelings, you know, as Adam said, whether Allardyce does only see the kind of like the the, the smaller numbers of away games, it it'll be strange to me if, if people had an alert machinery to what the situation was, because you know we need someone to, to lead us into this new stadium and, and this new era who's going to help take Everton back in, in into at least the force it was kind of becoming under Moyes. Playing devil's advocate, Ad Ronald Koeman first season finishes seventh. Mm-hmm. Would there not be a case, purely playing devil's advocate here, if, if Everton finished eighth under Allardyce, one place below, mm. is it, would there not be a case, and if you're Farhad and the other board going, well, he's managed to get us eighth, one place below where we finished last season. Think about how badly we started. We had a, we sapped Ronald, we had a caretaker, and we, he didn't come in until end of November. We have to give him a crack. We have to give him, you know, a shot at this. Uh. <sighs> I suppose it's hard to argue with it because at the end of the day, the, the the numbers are there, the facts are there. Or is it the points difference? But then again, I is think, that I think, Sam's fault? I, don't I, think, I think the problem that sits with me is like, it's one that Allardyce keeps bringing up. He says that we we got ourselves very far away from the relegation zone very early on mm. into his Everton career, and I, I still think back to his first press conference. He said that this was the biggest club he'd ever walked into he said he didn't want to just be this fight firefighter fight, Sam he want, he wanted to take Everton maybe into the European places he was talking about getting to maybe an FA Cup final and 
you know, we, when he when he got us up into the into that top, well, near the top half of the league, that was his that was his chance then to now go right. Okay, I'll I'll really kick on from here. And it was just like he didn't particularly know how to do it. The team the team looked really lost between knowing how to attack and whether to defend, and that ended up setting us off on a dreadful run of form to, to, towards the turn of the year. And I think that that should really be that should really be have been a warning sign for me of can can he. Can he possibly propel us into those European places now? Say again, playing devil's advocate, he he didn't have, he hasn't got his squad in any sense. And I think the two players that he brought in in January in Tosin and Walcott, like, let's leave Mangala out of this. Yeah. But in Tosin and Walcott, you'd say they've probably been two of our best players over the last couple of months. Mm. And uh, I'd, I'd say especially Walcott have probably been vital yeah. over the, over the last few weeks. So maybe if he had another transfer window, maybe if he got a, a better semblance of his squad, maybe he could push us a bit further up. But I think I think there's the signs. I think there's the signs there to argue either way. Yeah, um, we are going to speak about the Dixies before we wrap up, but we'll carry on with Sam because it's it is the only thing ever so into talking about. <laughs> Sam, come back to you. When Alalas was appointed, Farhad mentioned that. He felt that Sam would give the football club a platform to move forward or move on, paraphrasing there. What do you think that platform is? Is, the pla- is that platform eighth or ninth stability-ish that he's brought this season, you've got us out of trouble? Or is the platform actually back in Europe? So that therefore, in Farhan's mind, he's going to give him another 12 months and you think, well look, he's dragged us up to eighth. Burnley have had a, a season beyond their wildest dreams. They'll probably fall away next season. So there's our opportunity to get back in Europe and then Sam steps aside. I just think that it doesn't work like that, does it? I just don't think, you know, as much as we can say, oh, we might only end up finishing a place lower in kind of difficult circumstances this season, you know, the way we've done since he came in, that should mean that next season we'll do what Burnley did and that can be the platform. I just think that you look through the squad and it does need... A real refresh, refreshment, doesn't it? You know, oh, yeah. it needs. We just keep saying it, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's been so many games this season, especially when Balassi was out and before Walcott came back, that you were just thinking. And Shame, obviously, John Joe doing well, but Seamus is obviously a huge player, isn't he? Yeah. Exactly, but and you were thinking, you know, who's going to run in behind? Who, who, who's playing for Everton? The genuinely teams are saying, All right, watch out for him. Yeah. You know, because as much as Lukaku was lamented at times last season. There was always that thing where you know the centre backs were always a little bit wary that he could just do that thing sometimes we just knock it past them and he'd just be, he'd be gone. Off, yeah. Or he'd have that moment where maybe like Burnley at home and he'd just pick it up from twenty yards out and, and ping one in and strong and physical and a genuinely scary player, which which Everton have, have lost out on. And I just think that as much as we as we talk about saying what he's done and you know I think I seen it on Sky Sports yesterday where. Uh, Everton a sixth in, in, in the table since Allardyce took over yeah. I just don't think it, it can continue like that playing that style of football with this group of players because it's so contrasting you know Koeman and Walsh built a, a squad of footballers and obviously then neglected to bring in like every squad needs some physical powerful pacey players so at the moment you know we've got tried to kind of like with Balassi returning and now we've got Walcott we've kind of tried to 
to fix that a little bit, but I still think that, you know, this is the season now. I think where you do need to just wipe. It's got the skeleton of a really good squad, and I think you're starting to see, you know, people like Gilfie Sigurdsson and, and stuff, and then you've got exciting players like Vlasic and Luckman, you know, who haven't been given too much of a chance. You know, Luckman's done little bits for Leipzig. I just think it would be an absolute waste to, to, to continue with the manager because I, I just think it makes sense to, that he has done the job he, he signed up to do and that there couldn't be as much as he said in his press conference last week that he'd be disappointed if someone rang him and said thanks but no thanks I just think that you know Mashiri has got the money he's paid off Koeman he's paid off Martinez and now you know you've got a few managers like today PSG obviously uh, announcing that Emery would leave, you know, the, 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 there's a there's a chance that Everton could attract a, a decent manager this summer, and to begin that process now, you know, not have a summer of Allardyce where he builds a platform for his type of football, and then to bring someone else in, and then to have to start the blueprint once again, mm. all over again. Yeah, I think that ra- that raises a really good point. Like the, let's say Allardyce does stay, he's only going to have a year left on his contract. And Assuming think, he doesn't earn another one. Well, exactly. I, th- I think everyone <laughs> would be surprised if he earned another one. And it would it would just be then surely that'd just be another stopgap season where we're yeah. where we're playing with like but talked a lot about the project when he's since he's joined Everton. What would what would the project be with just how another much, how, much another, have, how much would it have changed with Sam in charge, do you mean as well? Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I, I just don't I just don't see how, how it would work. You, we need like we need a, a manager who's going to be who we think's going to be there for like three or four years. Who's going to build build his style, his system, and in, in what's going to be a massive summer for us. I just I just don't see how having a manager in for a year, who regardless of who who it is, just a manager who's in for a year, just building essentially what is going to be a squad to get him through the year. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure how that benefits Everton in the long term. I yeah. think if Allardyce stays or not as well, whoever comes in post post Sam is going to maybe whether sometimes it's hard to, to accept and you know maybe they could have a Martinez instant success season but I think as Adam said the, the, the thing that I'd quite like to see is you know maybe a, a little back a little hark back to, to the days of Moyes where if we do get someone in and maybe do give them two seasons where if we finish 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th but you know if you let them build that squad up and you know because I think the time has come now if Mashiri whether it's this summer or next summer if Mashiri does say thank you to Allardyce for, for, for whatever for, for doing what basically he was asked to do and then does target a high level manager it's about trying to build something isn't it I think as you know I think you, you've written about it in the past before you know Manchester City didn't just become brilliant overnight. You know, they signed people like Roque Santa Cruz and yeah, had to go yeah. through Mark Hughes, Spears when they sold Bale. I think they bought seven players and I don't know, I think one might still be at the club now. You've seen a similar thing with Liverpool uh, when they tried to kind of do the money ball, bringing in the best of the rest type signs. You know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's got to be a process. And, and as Adam's saying, you're just making more Machini will just be making more work for what he wants to see at Goodison if he does one year of Allardyce because then I think you've got to wipe the slate clean I think what Koeman tried to do and maybe part of his downfall was that he did try to do it too quick you know mm-hmm. he took what Martinez had and quickly tried to move on from it and maybe it does need a, a little bit more of a 
progressive change because yeah last one Adam final words to you on Allardyce we've mm-hmm. spent 31 and a bit minutes speaking about it <laughs> but you feel now with the Evertonians that you speak to I think people forget who the, the personnel is involved do you think people are just getting bored and weary of having the same discussions about the same issue and they just want resolution now yeah yeah I think I think I think bored is a standout word for the closing stages of this season because we're just seeing in my head we're just seeing essentially the same kind of performances on the pitch we see we're seeing very similar in like press conferences we're seeing all the same issues getting discussed all the time on social media and there's just there's very little resolution to it like I wouldn't I wouldn't even call today's today's press conference from Allardyce necessarily a resolution because obviously yeah. we're, st- we're still talking about it yeah. the discussion <laughs> yeah, yeah. the discussion's still there yeah and I, and I think there doesn't need to be clarity on these kind of situations to the fans I think it's I think it's unfair for, to let the fans go up, go throughout the rest of these remaining three games of the season still still not knowing still having to Make the same arguments to like all the mates down the pub. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's not fair. Like let, let, let's let's just draw a line under it and move on. Well, podcast will very briefly move on before we wrap it up today. Uh, Tuesday night is Everton's end of season awards, the Dixies at the Philharmonic Hall. Um, I'm not a betting man, but I'd be pretty certain <laughs> that there's going to be a unanimous decision for player of the season. Uh, Sam, who's your choice? Well. Obviously, you're talking about Kuko Martina, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, if if Pickford doesn't win it, then there's, there's just you know it must be one of the first ever annual club awards where you couldn't even talk about it, can you? It's it's Pickford, and I think the more into it, if you had to pick an outfield player, I don't know, you would pick maybe for play. Obviously, I think Calvert Lewin has wrapped up young players. So you would say outfield player of the season for Everton, maybe. You could make an argument for Coleman on his return, or that, that one that, performance that, against Leicester. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that says it all, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that there's, there's just no looking past Pickford, is there? I think he, is he up for young player of the year, Pickford? Good question. Don't know actually. If he if he is, he could absolutely get a clean sweep, yeah. and I, I wouldn't argue against it. He's yeah. Harry Kane in it a little bit if he's up for young player <laughs> at 24. I think I think Calvert Lewin obviously strange as well because at the start of the season you probably would have said if you had to make a guess at, at this now it's Evans Club Awards after the season had a little bit irrelevant, but you probably would have said Davis would be playing the season. I think it's been a really good breakthrough for Calvert Lewin, hasn't it? I think mm. that obviously. That performance that stands out for everyone was that before uh, that game at the Etihad earlier yes. on. I remember, yeah, yeah. remember sitting there watching that game. And I was just like, "Where's this player been?" And you realised that that player had been at right back and <laughs> right left midfield yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at times. And I don't think we really seen the, the, what Calvert Lewin could actually do. Uh, and obviously, everyone at the club and everyone who watches Everton knows he, he needs to add that that finish, that finish to his game and that, yeah. that potent edge. But you know, the, the, there are plenty of reasons when you look at it to be positive. I think Calvert Lewin. I think uh, Vlasic is what I've seen if we if we can keep him happy and give give him assurances on his future. He's a good young talent, and I think you know I, obviously there's there's brilliant goalkeepers like Ederson and 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 uh, De Gea and other clubs, but Everton are really lucky to have a goalkeeper like that. But it is now about looking up forward to next season and saying, can some of the outfield players make you feel that little bit of pride and yeah. that little bit of passion? You know, yeah. even I know it's against his boyhood rivals and stuff, and it wasn't necessarily. 
you know, for the love of Everton, but there was still that little thing against Newcastle, wasn't it? You know, your goalkeeper being your most passionate player and your goalkeeper almost being the one to silence the away fans. And that's what it's been time and time again since the opening day of the season when he made that save from Shaqiri in the last yeah. minute. Mm. He is just constantly, and people have had little goes at him across the season, uh, but, you know, maybe Palace when he parried a couple out, but he's, he's a young keeper and I think what what... Where Everton would be without Pickford is just, it's scary oh, to think about, oh, isn't it? Don't. don't. <laughs> yeah, let's not depress ourselves <laughs> any further. Um, that's it for this week's uh, edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pace. So thanks very much for listening. Uh, stay with us online. Um, tomorrow, myself and Adam will be at Huddersfield to uh, hopefully see a third third away win of the season. Third, be? Yeah, and a third double. But uh, yes, indeed, but we go in hope rather than expectation. But fingers crossed for something positive to reflect on. But thanks very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back again next week. Chance here for Everton to really seal it. Dominic Calvert Lewis has done exactly that.